I'm Daniel Levain, and I had never seen Doctor Who until I started this podcast, and now I am all in for every single one of these episodes. I can't wait until I get to it, and this week, I'm going to be talking about my first full David Tennant 10th Doctor episode. I am talking about Season 2, Episode 1, New Earth. And to join me for this momentous occasion, I had to bring the man that to me embodied the 10th Doctor because he wore that beautiful trench coat to my house before I even knew what it was. Eric Sweetman. <laughs> I love it. It's like, oh, yeah, he embodied it because he had a piece of clothing. Nothing about his personality matches up, whatever. No, He's, I mean, you, know. <laughs> you, have the, you have the big hair like he does, or you can when you when let I, it get I to that length. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you, you have, the, the, you have the, the general demeanor. It's just, you know, you're not David Tennant. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and on the same note, uh, David Tennant is no Eric Sweetman. So <laughs> uh, that is true. He he does not participate in the the Sweetmanness that yeah. is Eric Sweetman. But uh, thank you for joining me in this uh, my first foray into the new Doctor. Uh, I I mentioned it in uh, previous episodes. I was hesitant that uh, that regeneration really threw me for a loop. I was not necessarily thrilled about it. And then that darn Christmas episode, uh, I I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah. And we jump in, like, feet first, like, immediately. So where are we going? Further than we've ever gone before. Further than we've ever been, because it's not Earth. This is after the destruction of Earth. So we are in the first episode of the first season, the ninth Doctor. He takes us to the end of the Earth. And in the first season of season two, with the new Doctor, with the tenth Doctor, he takes us to the new Earth further into the future than we've ever been. Right. They decided that uh, once they let the regular Earth blow up, they got depressed. They felt like they were they were missing something cool and nostalgic, so they recreated it and set it there, same size as the Earth, same orbit as the Earth, just new. Just the new Earth, and and we stare into the distance. Uh, even though I don't remember ever there being that much plain grass near New York, but in New New York. There's apparently a large field of grass that yeah. you can apple pick grass. in. Apple grass. A- apple grass yeah. of that, yes. I feel um, like, uh, you know, because this is so far in the future, they're not recreating all the basic elements of the earth that we're familiar with. They do want to have the um, some of the landmark cities. And so the city that we look at out there is known as New New York. Um, apparently, though, it is the 15th generation of New York. So it is new, 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 York. Um, there you go. <laughs> and, yeah, that's it's kind of interesting to see that, you know, it, it you show up here and they just relax on the grass. But there is something that notices them. And, you know, this little robot droid is looking and, and seeing that. But this this little robot we've seen before right. in actually an episode that you and I discussed in the yeah, first season. Exactly. 
it's the exact same robot because it's basically sent by the exact same person. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we get to that, I have okay. some questions about New Earth. Okay. Uh, and I think you touched on it. So New Earth, name only, they didn't terraform. They didn't like make a whole new Manhattan-looking city with the actual plot of the city. They just named the city the name they didn't right and we destroy didn't see the enough earth, right? of it we didn't see enough of of the city to see if they tried to recreate times square or lincoln center or the statue of liberty there was nothing there that that suggested there were landmarks that uh, that we would know all that we mm-hmm. saw is this enormous building why what is it some sort of hospital green moon on the side that's the universal symbol for hospitals mm. i got this message on the psychic paper someone wants to see me hmm. and i thought we were just sightseeing in the hospital we see these uh this these cats basically these, these nurse nuns. cats mm-hmm. that are all nurses uh that look like nuns they're cats now don't stare i think what you look like to them all pink and yellow are, were these the indigenous creatures to New Earth? No, I think that they are cats. I think that these are um, just, just how caretaker type. Yeah, the cats from Earth survived and evolved. So this is oh. five five million years in the future. Kind of like how trees cats. evolved, right, and turned into humanoid, walking around, talking characters and the makeup on these cats is extraordinary it's absolutely beautiful sure yeah especially if you like cats there it's it's really quite quite impressive i i was allergic just watching them yeah you sneeze in the entire episode (laughs) Uh, okay uh, okay so i i was trying to figure out if they were indigenous to the planet and they built new earth around them uh but that would make sense because the trees evolved why not the cats Mm -hmm. okay all right so uh, you mentioned it. Um, yes, we have the resurgence of somebody that I, 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 I guess I didn't think she could resurge. I thought she was destroyed. She exploded. She dried out. Yeah. But we see Cassandra again. The skin. I saw it. <laughs> you got ripped apart. That piece of skin was taken from the front of my body. This piece is the back. Right, so you're talking out your ask not. She yep. she returns to wreak havoc once again and for very personal, selfish reasons. It's always personal and selfish with her. She is one of the most vain yeah. characters, you know, having her flesh stretched out across the uh, sheet drying rack for God knows how long. Because again, this is so much further in the future than the destruction of Earth. And yeah. yet she's still there and still played with delicious malice by uh, Zoe Wanamaker. She's fantastic. I I thought it was so, uh, (laughs) you know, maybe it's because it's so close to the holidays that the Eartha Kitt song, you know, inevitably is going to come up in any playlist. But she she reminded me very much of Eartha Kitt. There is that. And it's funny because we have all these cat women. All these, yeah, all these cat. (laughs) Never would have thought of that before this exact moment. (laughs) It was all connecting together. Uh, But yeah, she, her, you know, her evilness is delicious. Um, I was a little disappointed because I kind of half wanted her to keep her voice when she was embodying both Rose and the doctor. Yeah, but it was really fun to see 
uh, both Tennant and uh, Billy Piper yeah. uh, embodying her, you know, taking on her actions. It was it was so fun to see them uh, switching from their their personalities into this uh, person who wants to be sexy and seductive and and evil and enjoying it. And even when she's bad mouthing Rose's body, it's got that purr <laughs> oh, to it. Yes, <laughs> especially the, the that sequence and when they're both hanging from the ladder mm-hmm. and it keeps going back and forth. And it's like, well, he yells at me. <laughs> when I'm in your body, he yells at me. <laughs> uh, I just thought that was that was a, a very fun movie a moment. But um, all right, so she comes back um, clearly, uh, as is the case in a lot of science fiction. Just because you died in one episode doesn't mean that you don't get to come back. We're using comic and, book rules here. <laughs> Right, right. And and, and it makes sense. Uh, One of the things that I really do enjoy about the Doctor Who uh, oeuvre and universe is that nothing that is presented seems far-fetched because the explanations are so plausible. I mean, they're clearly they're incredible because we're talking about other planets and dimensions and travel through time. But the way it's presented is like, well, you know, yes, her skin exploded, but her brain was still yeah, there. And her eyes. You were able to salvage and, her you eyes. You know, we were able to salvage her eyes, Scrape right? Scrape them so, up off the floor and plug them back in. That's us. <laughs> sure. So yeah. in, in in that universe, in, in, in that, set, you know, in that setting, it's it's plausible. So yeah. sure, why not? Yeah, she and survived. And, and Cassandra is not the only uh, guest that we see that we recognize. Because from yes. the exact same episode uh, with with uh, um, Eccleston and mm-hmm. the uh, and the satellite seeing the end of the Earth, uh, we, we have the face of David Bowie, just the face of Bo, the face of Bo, and he's here in the whole. He's the one that summoned the Doctor to be with the psychic paper, just you know, telling him where to go to see him. And the legend, the the prophecy of whatever that at the okay, end of Okay, because that life, was going to be that, that was going to actually be my next question. Mm-hmm. Was we see the for the first time actually we see something on the psychic paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, the way it's been presented in in previous episodes, we see that he flips this thing open and that there is an empty sheet, but we've never actually seen things on it. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that we see writing. Uh, and that the doctor is being beckoned, um, but I didn't know who it was. So okay, it was it was the face of Bo that was summoning him. Yes, uh, to it, and of course, then because we're going to jump around. Uh, and if I if I hadn't said it before, I apologize. But if you've not seen this episode before, New Earth you might want to see it because we jump around. I ask questions uh, and they will inevitably spoil you. So there you go. Um, So talking about spoilers. So the face of Bo summons him um, and there's this whole prophecy that he's going to divulge some uh, deep, meaningful secret. Uh, And then at the end, he's a, I've grown tired with the universe doctor, but you have taught me to look at it anew. There are legends, you know, Saying that you're millions of years old. Oh, that would be impossible. Wouldn't it just? I got the impression there was something you wanted to tell me. 
a great secret. So the legend says. It can wait. Oh, does it have to? We shall meet again, Doctor, for the third time, for the last time, and the truth shall be told. Until that day. That is enigmatic. That that is that is textbook enigmatic. <laughs> right, you know that. I just once again, if I couldn't love this show anymore, this new doctor says that, and I'm like, damn it, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's I think that's exactly. what makes it so wonderful. Why he's such a fun performer, why you connect with him so well, is because he's smart and snarky enough that when you think that and he says it, it's like. They put me in the show. This is amazing. Man. You know, you're not just uh, watching. It's almost like you get to participate because he's yeah. saying what you thought. He, he definitely read my mind. Um, but I, I appreciated uh, since we're on the, the subject of, of the doctor and, and it, it's a, a new incarnation uh, that he himself keeps saying, you know, I, this is the first time I'm going to see these places with this new, you know, with my new eyes. And, uh, you know, when he runs into the face of Bo, he's like, I look a little different. Um, he, there's, there's definitely more menace in his performance than I ever really saw in Eccleston. Eccleston every mm-hmm. so often got serious and he, he certainly looked angry and, and threatening, but there's a menace to some of the stuff that this particular uh, incarnation of the doctor um, in, in, in just his way of presenting himself that I kind of like, I'm not normally the, the guy that's going to like the, the, the menacing character, Mm -hmm. but I kind of dug it from him. You know, yeah. the, the the whole confrontation he has with the with the cat nurses, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a little bit of dark in him. Yeah, you're going to if you like that, uh, you'll you'll just enjoy his whole run because there are times where that ebbs and flows. But he definitely carries a piece of it the entire time. It's the, just that this this doctor um he has his sense of these are what is this is what's right and this is what's wrong. I'm the doctor. And if you don't like it, if you want to take it to a higher authority, there isn't one. It stops with me. So I think it was in Boomtown that he that we're introduced to the idea that he is maybe sometimes referred to as a god. Uh, because he, you know, the lady Slovene uh, keeps talking about, you know, this is the the TARDIS is godly and this this godly technology, uh, and the Doctor even says, uh, "I wouldn't make a good god. You wouldn't like me as a god." Uh, and in this episode, he is referred to as a god. Yeah, it's uh, yeah part of it. You know, that, in passing, but he is definitely. And and he takes on that persona when when he finds out what the 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 cat nurses were doing or the cat nuns were doing, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, going to lead me to my next question for you. Mm-hmm. So it, it, now that I know the cats are earthbound, just evolved. What like uh, how are they a part of a, a sect? 
that decided that we're going to cure humans by basically cloning them and then harvesting their immuno response system to basically craft these advanced uh, cures for illness. That would be that would be the idea of at least these cats in this particular hospital. Uh, they call themselves a charitable organization, so as they don't give money, they only take it. Um, and the yeah. their their purpose as a religious sect is to be that hospital that uh, that cares for those who are and ill. They they had an interesting sort of methodology um because at one point before we really find out what's happening we are sort of as the viewers we're denied the ability to see who is speaking but one of the 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 cloned humans that they described to as meat yeah um was talking to them and they have this you know they they mention Look at its eyes. They're alive. Positively sparkling. Please, where am I? And speech. I don't even have a vocabulary. Oh, Sister Corvin's written where? a thesis on the migration of sentience. She calls it the echo of life. It's well worth a read. Help me. I've seen enough, thank you. If this happens again, we might have to review our brainstem policy. And what should we do with the patient? Standard procedure. Incinerate. In the case of all good sci-fi, um, it, it's presenting a, a case that happens in the real world in a way that is more palatable and easier to uh, approach and talk about. So in in this equivalent, I would guess it would be similar to sort of like the the human testing that is done on rats or uh, how makeup companies will test on uh, their chemicals on rabbits and things of that nature. Yeah, so the, the lab rat, the, uh, the lab monkeys and all that stuff, you know, people decided that that was really cruel to do to a chimpanzee. And so there's a lot of times where they're trying to rescue the uh, the apes that are in uh, testing mm-hmm. labs because that's not right. They're like our closest relatives. Sure, but so so it, more or less, it's just that these cat nuns thought the the because they have the ability to create these clones, they're basically creating these life forms just for the purposes of injecting them with the with diseases worst diseases of the universe mm-hmm. and thus creating right the, the antibodies to be able to fight them off and they felt that the ends justified the means sure. you know and um you know we can argue that we can consider like in their particular case they're finding cures for extraordinary diseases that the doctor says they wouldn't find a uh, cure for for another thousand years you know these things that right. we would be, you know, we would be five million and a thousand years from being able to handle anything like that today um except you know, they're being administered to what seemingly are incredibly wealthy people Right, which again, or matches, people of note, like the face of Bo, you know, right, and it matches what we're dealing with today. Um, well, that's, that's a big can of worms. 
but that's kind of what this episode is sort of bringing up mm-hmm. is the idea that um to the 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 cat nuns these human beings the, however they came into existence be it clone or however are perfectly a, a perfectly excusable means to that end right just like you know people have sort of said you know we for the economy i'm willing to lay down my life and i would and, always I mean, say for somebody who wants to say that that they can but don't right. expect somebody else to do it you know and, but, if you and get that's sick, ultimately that's that's what yourself. the doctor is saying mm-hmm. is no no you don't get to you don't get to make that decision For and basically else, en- yeah. enslave this group of people that unwillingly became part of your little thing yeah um which you know it's a very altruistic thing to do uh and certainly within what the doctor has always fought for, which is the the life and the saving of life and the trying everybody to lives, Rose. Everybody lives. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and in a way, this was that episode mm-hmm. because uh he, you know, basically he creates the 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 vat that you know, a, a very clever joke at the beginning of the episode, mind the uh the disinfectant. Right. Which, you know, in in our world as it exists right now with, like you mentioned, COVID, disinfectant became something that we are all acutely aware of, (laughs) know exactly where it is, carry some with us, (laughs) you know. Uh, But in in the episode, it's this sort of visual sight gag of the pouring of this liquid, you know, the the pseudo bath that they're given in the uh, elevator before – they're taken to their location, and in in the end of the episode, the doctor sort of concocts this extra potent mix of uh, disinfectant that somehow well, it was uh, can propagate. The, it was all of the um, IV bags that held the medicine that cured all those people, all the wealthy. And again, watching it in, in the world that we live in today, yeah. you know, it's it's like, like, don't oh, touch them. Oh, you can get infected if right? you touch them. You're like, jeez. <laughs> and then the cure <laughs> propagates through touch. Like, yes, touch each other, please. Now that they've been cured, touch all you want. Uh, and the doctor sort of happily, you know. I'm the doctor and I cured them. It's a new subspecies, Cassandra. A brand new form of life. New humans, look at them, look! Grown by cats, kept in the dark, fed by tubes, but completely, completely alive! You can't deny them, because you helped create them. The human race just keeps on going. Keeps on changing. Life will out! Ha! You're like, when is that moment going to come for us, Doctor? I really hope soon. I'm, I'm, 2020 needs that, you yeah. know? Um, but so uh, the face of Bo insinuates that something is coming. Mm-hmm. So is this going to be kind of like the, the, the bad wolf of season two? The thing that will kind of keep showing up and getting teased? Um, no, not really. I mean, it's... 
I don't recall. I, I'll have to go. I've, I haven't watched some of these episodes in over 10 years. So um, I don't remember how often he's referenced before you see his next appearance. But uh, it could be just like a casual thing, but it's not a turn the corner and there's something that reminds you of the face of Bo when you move on. And it's not like the graffiti <laughs> or anything. There's nothing that's being set up. Um, but it is a question that there is a lot of extra things that go into it. Like who is the face of Bo? What, you know, what exactly is his story? Um, that's going to be something that's really, really intriguing to see where that goes. Okay. And then my final question before I throw it back to you, mm-hmm. Cassandra ultimately makes the sacrifice, puts herself in the body of, this weird clone that has the half life and uh, he's, you know, all tattooed uh, and the doctor uh, almost, you know, showing like more kindness towards her than he's shown to, you know, anybody that he's been sort of antagonized by. He takes her back to that moment uh, that she described as being the last time somebody said she was beautiful was the implication that that half-life thing was the thing that told her she was so beautiful that she would remember all these years later? Yep. Yeah, that that was her interacting with her own timeline. Um, It was a moment... Not being aware of being her. Yeah, no idea. Um, The only way she found out that that was her was when she lived through it at the end and then passed. You know, it's not like there was any sense of, um, I, some, I met myself when I was younger and now I'm going to that moment. No, no, she had no idea. Didn't know, even know the person's name. Mm-hmm. And then just, that was it. Um, so is that it for Cassandra? Is she I believe done, so. Done? I think, yeah, I think that was, there was only the two episodes. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm almost positive, but I may uh, do the. I mean, if they travel through time and they travel back into any time that she right. existed, you can always inter- encounter somebody because there's a lot of other uh, things that have uh, established themselves throughout. Uh, their, their, their storylines can overlap and and intertwine at different moments because he's right. a time uh, time traveler. So yeah, that's entirely possible. I just don't remember them going back to Cassandra after this. Okay. Well, that's it for my questions. Is there anything in the episode that I missed? Nah, I think you've got the basic uh, understanding of this and then anything that, um, you know, they, they can continue to reference stuff from this moving forward. Well, excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining me for my, uh, this, this is becoming uh, a thing. You are here with me for the first of every series. I think that will have to be a thing. We'll, we're, I'm going to decree it right now. First time, Lord, Eric will be here for every episode one of every season. All right. I can deal with that. <laughs> there we go. I mean, he'll be here for other episodes as well, but we'll make it, we'll make it a thing from here on out. Cause you know, there's, there's something to be said about having 
rituals and having things that uh, bring us comfort consistency uh, in, in life in this uncertain exactly world. <laughs> in an ever-changing world especially the ever-changing world of doctor who so thank you so much for joining me and dear listener thank you for making it to the end of yet another first time lord if you want to support the podcast i strongly urge you to visit firsttimelord.com Uh, There you can leave a comment on the episode you just heard or leave a comment on any of the episodes that we posted. We have the entire run of the Ninth Doctor uh, posted uh, for our season one of the podcast. Uh, You can also find a link to our merch store, which has some uh, cool Doctor Who related merchandise that also ties into First Time Lord Uh, and or you can also find the link to our Patreon page which will take you to Patreon where I'm listed as Daniel Levain and for five dollars you can support the show and get it as early as the episodes are available Uh, and uh, a few dollars more you can get extras and things that get cut out of the episode for time that are still quite interesting but end up on the extras and not on the full episode so check us out there and uh, as always thank you so much and all support is greatly appreciated but i guess now i have nothing else to do but get to watching more doctor who season two episodes just what i need a head full of big face Shh.